0: Now let's take a look at the bigger picture. James Locke is with us, co-founder, Pool Locke Associates. Um, lots of volatility. What do you make of it? Do you feel bullish?
1: Um, yeah, I, I, you know the volatility. Gosh, today's been a crazy day. Um, so it, it's hard to to really know, you know, which way to go. And you know, a lot of it is going to have to do with how you feel about your investment philosophy and things like that. I mean. We're always value focused here, so you know, last last like March we saw a reversal between value and, and growth, but that that switched back. Value, you know, typically does better, and on price alone, uh, we saw you know value stocks down about six percent through April, and and growth down over twelve. Um, you know, that relatively good performance is due to shorter duration of those value stocks right in this rising environment uh so we also saw a lot of those large caps take those big gap down, you know gaps down, things like that. Uh, so while volatility is here and it seems to be it's here to stay, you know I actually think I expect stocks to bounce around a lot. We're gonna see more days like today uh, but you know as fundamental growth weakens, um, you know stocks I hope can eventually inch ahead and we can be generally optimistic, uh, in the face of like price weakness, but you know, you never know, right? If the Fed becomes hyper aggressive, which it's hinting at, or if inflation gaps higher, you know, as it has, or if there's more harmful geopolitical events, uh, which has also been hinted out, um, you know, those things can play a big, big factor in turning this around. Nevertheless, you know, compared to bonds and cash, I'm I'm still you know positive and constructive on on stocks, particularly in the value sector.
0: Yeah, and I look forward to talking about some of the names that you like, M&T Bank and GlaxoSmithKline. Yeah. But um, when would you have an interest in growth? When would that be interesting to you once again?
1: Yeah, that's always, a, you know, a picking a bottom uh, kind of piece. Mm-hmm. And right. you know, I, I think that's, you know, rather than being a, as a broad sector piece, you're going to have to actually take, you know, little isolated um, Parts right here. I mean, here we're looking at Peloton having trouble today. I mean, you know, Netflix a couple of weeks ago, you know, just you know, 35% a day. Um, so being able to to pick that bottom is is tough on all of them. Uh, I think it's going to be really tied to the Fed, and when the Fed stops all these you know interest rate hikes, or when we start getting an indication that that's not going to happen anymore, because the Fed is just. You know, hammering you know us with this this kind of uh, uh, this rate hiking hammer, right? And then that's all we can expect is essentially to be bludgeoned by it. But the Fed has more tools, right? They can sell bonds, they can keep that yield curve positive, uh, they can talk about things differently. They have the luxury of time. Uh, so I think if they can move to that method, to you know, uh, to essentially and instead of Trying to jam short-term rates up in gaps, and when they start doing that, then all of a sudden the growth side might start to look uh, a little better. Got to watch the supply chain, uh, things like yeah. that, and so there's there's lots of factors, but it's really tied to the Fed and when they when their language changes.
0: Right, understood. Okay, and we and who knows when that may be. <laughs> that being said, you have a couple of names, um, GlaxoSmithKline and M&T Bank. Tell us about yep. each of those and why, because they're very different um, type of companies. Why is it that those names jump out at you as possible stock picks?
1: Yeah, I mean, with M&T, uh, they just acquired People's Bank last month. Uh, I expect them to raise expectations following this merger. They just reported above uh, consensus results. And then of course the whole market, you know, dumped a M&T Bank, including, uh, you know, at the end of April, beginning of March. Uh, but with that merger, you know, we're expecting there'd be a lot of synergies between, you know, them and, and the new company. Uh, you know, they've been doing well historically. Uh, GSK, Glaxo, I mean, they're the research-based uh, UK pharmaceutical healthcare products. That, um, they're paying a big dividend. Like I said, with value, I'm always, I'm always proponent of, of these large dividend stocks. Uh, so they expect kind of mid single digit sales growth, high to a single or low double digit earning per share growth going forward. Uh, I thought the company was cheaper than it should be considering strong global market positions, uh, the market share gains in pharma and that, you know, it should benefit from kind of this return to normal uh, service trends. Cause we see the service sector, you know, particularly the healthcare sector is kind of undervalued. So we favor that. that. So the company announced yeah. last year that they plan to split into these two companies: uh, the over-the-counter consumer healthcare, as well as global pharma. Uh, so cost cutting between you know the two, uh, similar to what J and J is doing with that big dividend, twenty-five percent upside. Uh, you know, it's very attractive. You know, risk uh, risk adjusted return here.
0: Yeah, understood. And as far as what the Fed is doing, are they making the right moves? Are you worried about recession? And when do you think things will start to feel better?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's hard for me to judge the Fed, right? They're the ones who has to make all the decisions. Like yeah. I said, I, I'd really rather them to move slowly. These these big gaps, uh, like I said, are really hitting everyone. Uh, you know, they, we talk about it, headwinds and things like that. Uh, slow and steady is going to win the race. With the With the You know the recession word that's a little different um you know the the new york fed they calculate the percentage uh, of a recession within one year based on different things long intermediate short-term rates things like that and in the spring of 2023 it was six percent that's what the fed came out with then it dropped to five percent so it's a low percentage right and it's hard to imagine that we're going to drop into a recession unless things change with consumers in as good shape as they are. Uh, So most recessions really start when consumers are not in good shape, when they're in bad shape. So, you know, there's been some yield curve inversion. We've talked about that. Uh, But, you know, if the Fed comes in and starts uh, saying, hey, yield curve inversion uh, and starts essentially yelling fire in a crowded movie theater, well, that becomes a self-propelling, you know, fulfilling prophecy. Uh, so as long as the, the Fed doesn't start gapping up rates by 75 basis points, uh, there's no reason to really believe that we're going to drop into that dreaded R word, a dreaded recession.
0: Yeah, well, we don't want to really see that, um, but you know, <laughs> we're, we're hoping that the Fed can orchestrate a soft landing. And I know you're still constructive on stocks at this time. James sure. Locke, nice to see you. Co-founder of Pool Locke Associates. Thank you. Have a great one.